You are listening to the Mimi B Podcast, a lifestyle podcast that is designed to help you transform your life and become the best version of yourself possible. On this podcast, we talk about health, personal growth, career, and pretty much everything else it takes to become the best you there is. I'm your host, Mimi Bouchard. I own the online magazine, Mimi B, and I create courses on how you can upgrade your life to the next level. Every single one of us has the ability to produce extraordinary results in our lives, and this podcast is going to help you get there. Hello, everybody. I am back with Miss Liv Kaplan. She's a nutritionist and a food blogger based in Australia. She's come on the podcast before. It was a very successful episode. So we have her back on for a little Q&A. Welcome, Liv. How are you doing today? Hey, girl. Thanks for having me. It was so good chatting last time. So I'm super excited to be back and chat all things health and wellness. I love it. And oh my God, you know what I want to talk about first? And this is not from the Q&A, but I loved your Instagram story the other day and you were talking about how um, that person posted about that comparison of keto versus plant-based and you wrote such an angry story and I was replying to it being like, yeah, I totally agree with you. Should we like go into that? What do you think about oh when people God, compare I them? I was trying so hard, like, not to come across as angry because I'm not angry at all and I'm, I'm not even, like, really, like, a zealot that I feel like I need to, like, defend any sort of diet. But it's just misleading for people. Um, basically, I'll describe to people that they had – they wanted to do a debate on the keto diet versus um, a plant-based diet. And I, in my head, my only, like, just using my brain, I was like, how can you compare two things that aren't – mutually exclusive like you can be plant-based and like in a state of ketosis just like you and I are Mimi so I was like that's just going to be the worst argument ever like it's you can't compare two things that you can do at the same time yeah 100% I completely agree when people shit talk keto they don't even know what they're talking about they're shit talking the the standard keto diet they've read about in the news that's like oh you can have bacon and cheese and you don't eat vegetables or any fiber it's like no that's not what the keto diet means keto diet means being in a state of ketosis and eating a higher fat lower carb diet it doesn't specifically tell you what kinds of fat and what kinds of carbs you you eat and avoid, right? Like, what, what what is your whole stance? Like, what's, like, the ideal diet for you? And does it fall under keto? Um, so, basically, I think, I think everyone kind of should have the ability to be in ketosis. Um, I just think that's sort of a natural human physiological need that we all should be able to kind of run off fat if we don't have the glucose there or if we're not eating constantly. I mean evolutionarily it just makes sense that we don't have food around all the time and if you don't want to be in that state where if you go three hours without eating an apple or something that you're hangry and you can't concentrate and your mind's not working like we should be able to have that metabolic flexibility where you can you can run off that body fat if you need to but that said I don't think everyone needs to live off coconut oil for their entire life like that's I think where the discrepancy lies Um, I certainly think that in terms of blood sugar like you don't want to be eating a diet that's constantly raising your blood sugar and constantly spiking your insulin I think we know that elevated insulin levels are linked to almost like so many different types of chronic conditions and also it's actually really hard to lose weight 
and burn fat when you're constantly elevating your insulin. So that's where like fasting and low carb diets and keto diets can all therapeutically come in. But that certainly doesn't mean that you need to eat like that all the time. I think the most important thing is to have that ability. And then you've got, as I said, that metabolic flexibility where you can do whatever you want and it doesn't cause that many issues. Um, So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm all for plant-based diets. Like if you don't want to eat meat, it's not an issue. Um, But I, I think the one thing I really can't see many people that would thrive off a high carbohydrate and high sugar diet I mean I'm like ready to be proven wrong but I can't imagine that that is ever going to be good whether there's different types of carbohydrates and different levels that's all like I'm going to be individual to the person but yeah yeah I totally agree. I can't see how a high carb diet would be beneficial for you whatsoever. I can understand people that don't want to go really low carb. And I totally respect that. I just think from like a health standpoint, that just doesn't make much sense. Because if you actually just think back to our natural being as animals, we didn't have, you know, candies and cereals and muesli and, you know, all of these different breads and stuff back then when we actually were evolving into the people and the human beings and the species we are now, like most of our evolution happened off of fat and our bodies are more equipped to be in a fasted state than they are to be in an over consumption of food kind of state. It's it's a natural thing for us to be in and out of this ketosis thing. I don't think we should be in ketosis all the time, um, especially as women with our hormones. But I think it's such a healthy thing to kind of dabble in and out of, like you said. Yeah, I 100% agree. I certainly found that my energy levels and hunger levels have just been much more stabilized since doing that. And I'm not in ketosis all the time at all. Like I love my starchy vegetables and um, I eat fruit occasionally as well. So it's not like a big thing for me, um, especially now that I've kind of trained my body that it can go into ketosis when it needs to. It's not that necessary to eat like that all the time. Um, Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's called cyclical ketosis, right? I read about this all the time. It's actually really beneficial. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, and that's where the biggest difference um, and some of like what people, when people say things like I mentioned earlier with that debate about the keto diet, the keto diet. And then like it worries me that people like you and I get lumped in with that because it's just so not um, our message or even what we're talking about. There's just this huge gap between these sort of buzzwords and the truth or like what what's actually happening yeah um, there is so, such a gap yeah and like I mean I hate talking about weight because I just think there's so many more important things but what a lot of people don't know is that elevated blood sugar um, and like blood sugar imbalances which a lot of people suffer from because we're so like living off sugar and carbohydrates all the time have got a really high correlation with depression like symptoms and mood issues um, and so you know, that's where I've seen a lot of like the keto diet or fasting or low carb diet or whatever it looks like, um, be or like introducing more fat to be quite like a good therapy for those sorts of mood issues and even can like alleviate symptoms of depression. And that's something that I've certainly found myself. And I think it's quite rude for people to be like, the keto diet is bad. Keto will kill you. Like it, that can be a therapy for many people. And I, yeah, so mm-hmm. there's so much more than just um, 
burning fat basically. Oh my God. So agree with you there. 100%. Honestly, I kind of started playing around with the diet to see if I could lose weight. And then it's just revolutionized my way of seeing, uh, you know, lifestyle diet and the world basically, because it's like, Oh, I can be losing weight and not be starving myself. Whoa, this is revolutionary because I was brought up on, you know, fat is bad and to lose weight, you just need to eat 900 calories a day. That's kind of what I learned as a teenager. And now I'm like, oh my God, you can actually, you know, be satiated, feel good in your body and, you know, and thrive while also like turning your body into this amazing machine that is low fat. Totally. And I think like you'll probably agree as well, because certainly what I've found is that when you've got that sort of leeway, um, going out is easier and like traveling is easier. I think gone are the days where we used to like go on a holiday and diet and lifestyle would just go like all over the place and you'd come back and have to like restart. Like it's just this constant, it's really easy to work in with your lifestyle. You don't have that kind of worry about going away and not being able in your normal routine because it's just it's just much easier to manage. Yeah, Liv, that is such a great point because it's a freaking lifestyle. When you commit to your health and you commit, like let's not even talk about keto for a second. If you just commit to like actually not going into this with a diet mentality and just making it a lifestyle change, that's when the long lasting effects are actually gonna take place. We all love a good quick fix, but this is the kind of thing that is actually going to, like you're even gonna live longer if you eat a healthy diet and you treat your body with love. You're probably gonna reduce the likelihood of getting diseases. Like there are so many things more than weight. And I love how you touched on that. So we got a lot of questions about low carb um, on our Q&A on our inst- or my Insta story. And I wanted to ask you, a lot of people asked, um, you know, low carb seems so hard. What are the basics and how do you make it easy for someone that's never done it? Right. Okay. So I think, well, I think the biggest thing is learning to cook, to be honest, and learning to um, prepare food that's tasty. Because if you're not going to, if you if anyone tells anyone they've got to eat something they don't like, like it's never going to last. So I think teaching yourself, like learning the skills that you need to make tasty food, that's probably going to be the biggest thing. You'll find what you enjoy um, and then you'll be motivated to kind of eat like that all the time. It's going to be really hard if you're going to eat something that you don't enjoy. So that's kind of at a macro. At a micro level, um, increasing your fat uh intake is super beneficial just for satiety and um general like your palate when you're eating you want to like eat a meal and feel satisfied so increasing your fat beyond that sort of low fat that we all are aware of is really going to help and things like olive oil I see a lot of my friends like no one uses olive oil um because that's like you said that's just what we were trained to do it's like why would you put a whole bunch of fat on your salad like it's just pure fat but that really like in terms of mouthfeel and satisfaction in your meal is going to make it so much better that you won't want to eat sugary shit afterwards. Plus you're going to have like all the good hunger and hormone signals that are going to tell your body that you don't need to go and eat a bunch of chocolate and snacks afterwards. Um, So yeah, learning to cook, increasing your fat and then um, vegetables as well. And that comes under learning to cook as well. So learn how to uh, prepare vegetables in the way that you enjoy them. Um, And yeah, those are my sort of three favorite tips. (laughs) Amazing tips. And it's so true. Cooking, cooking, cooking. And also don't be scared of vegetables. Like all of my meals are based around vegetables. And, you know, some people say, oh, I can't even eat keto because like 
I, I can't have like certain vegetables. And I'm like, no, like you can. And I don't, I don't know about you, but I, I'm not that fussed about it anymore. And I just eat what I want and when I want. And I honestly find vegetables so freaking delicious. Like my mouth waters when I think about like roasted asparagus with salt and lemon or like, you know, roasted cauliflower with tahini. Yeah. And that's like, that's changing your palate, I think for sure. Um, you know, like I also, I crave vegetables. Like I would never, um, what am I saying? <laughs> never go a day without them. <laughs> yeah. That's all that I want really. Um, and yeah, I always think like I cooked eggplant for my friend the other day <laughs> and she said that she hated eggplant. And I was like, no, nope, trust me. I was like, you just haven't had it cooked properly. So I see that a lot with like a lot of different types of vegetables. Yeah. You just haven't had it prepared nicely. I made her my eggplant and she's like, she's like, I actually really enjoying this. And now my whole world is set up to down because I thought I hated eggplant this entire time. And I'm like, I see that all the time. And it's really common now because of the way that supermarkets, um, go instead of farmers markets like people get accustomed to like the really sweet fleshy and like for lack of a word better word boring vegetables like carrots tomatoes and lettuce there's so much variety and depth of flavor in like good quality organic vegetables like with the skins attached and all that sort of stuff um you know it's just it's just a little bit different to the way that a lot of people have grown up because they used to just you know, you ask people, oh, do they eat vegetables? And they're like, yeah, I eat loads of vegetables. But all they eat is like they snack on carrot sticks and then put tomato on their sandwich. And I'm like, that's just not – it's not the right way to do it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. It should be the opposite. Your meals should literally be a base of vegetables. When I'm thinking, oh, what should I make for dinner? I think, okay, what vegetable do I feel like having and what can I add to that basically? And it's such – you just feel so much better and you just feel like you're eating what you're supposed to eat. Like – I I also think if you're starting on this journey, this is one of my big tips. It's just educating yourself and you're doing the right thing right now by listening to this podcast. Like read books on health, look at both opposing sides and just do the research for yourself. Because I think the more that I learned about health, the more interested I became in it. And the more I made the right decisions when it came to mealtimes, because I was like, oh, you know what? I don't want that processed uh, or refined food. I'd rather eat this because I know what that stuff does to my body now. And I actually don't want that to happen in my body. Yeah. And then it makes it easy and effortless. It's not a struggle anymore. Like you're trying to fight, um, you know, your own sort of willpower, you know, will willpower is finite. It's like a finite resource. It doesn't always last, but habits and motivation, like intrinsic motivation those are the things that last so that's what you want totally if you were like at a restaurant with your friends and one of your friends got something like a pizza or or whatnot like would you like have some like what what do you think about balance because I'm kind of weird about this topic I don't know because I never do it (laughs) oh yeah great question um I mean I think it's a great question as well because I you know, I go out, I socialize a lot. I go out almost every weekend. I love, you know, I live in Bondi in Sydney and it's such a cool place to live and there's so much happening all the time. But I love going out. I think people are quite shocked when they hear that because I'm obviously quite interested in my health. They think that I'm kind of stuck at home steaming broccoli all day long, but it's just not the case. It's the opposite. Um, so uh, it's always going to be a different answer. Like sometimes I couldn't think of anything worse than having 
um, you know, a slice of pizza or hot chips or something. Like I just have zero desire. So in that case, I wouldn't have any. But if I'm sitting there and I'm like, that looks so good and I'm dying for some, I absolutely will have some. It's just not um, that big of a deal for me. And I think it's more important to be mentally um, a bit more easy on yourself there and not kind of place these rules on yourself. So, yeah, it's going to be different depending on the situation and depending on me and my day and my energy levels and what I've got on the next day. So it's kind of hard to give a straight up answer, but I certainly don't want people to think that I have this 100% absolutely perfect Instagram diet. Like I certainly, and I'm a foodie as well, to be honest. Like I love um, different chefs and what they're doing and I'm passionate about food. So I'll always, you know, try things if I want to and things like that. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. I actually feel like for so long I didn't really allow myself to do that and like have a bite of something if I wanted it. I just saw it as like not food. And I think that mentality I'm I'm really trying to change right now. And, you know, if I feel like having something, I will. I just for me, I'm quite all or nothing as just a person in my personality, not just with food, but also with like my work and my, my relationships, this, that, like I'm very all or nothing. So it's something I need to work on, I think. And just like knowing that I'm in control and, and I don't need to, you know, feel absolutely horrific after having so much bad food. If I don't have that much bad food, like I can have a little bit and have a bite and be okay. Like that's something I need to learn. Yeah, exactly. And I think we all kind of fall into that trap at some points in our lives. And it is because we do feel so good when we eat well and um, eat the right foods. But it is like find that balance of where it's too much for you. Um, so yeah, it's, that's like, you got to like tune into yourself and find, you know, you kind of know what's right and wrong in that sort of situation. Totally. Okay, so the next question we got is, Hey, Mimi, can you ask Liv um, how she would suggest I lose the last 15 pounds? This girl has 15 pounds that she wants to lose, and she's already lost some, apparently. What would you suggest? Like, what are some some things for that as a nutritionist? Um, I mean, it's really hard to give advice like that on, on like, a one-sentence message, like, because it could be sort of any sort of number of reasons. I think you need to check that you're – hormones at all the sort of right levels which like I can't do without an assessment um if you're kind of following a keto diet this is the thing again where it comes back to individuality because if you're like stressing out your body and your cortisol levels are high something that could be quite a good therapy if you was actually introducing more carbohydrates especially at night to sort of round out your sleep and decrease cortisol levels so because cortisol is also like makes you store fat um so that's a situation where um, you've got like different therapies, but then in another problem, if your insulin is too high, you could try a 24 hour fast and that would kind of kick your body like back into that fat burning mode. But it, depending on the person and the age and your hormone levels, it's going to be a different thing. That's different. That's good for someone. So it's so hard to give advice that's individual like that. And I certainly think with weight, like I prefer not to talk about weight at all. Um, just as like a little bit of a sign off, if anyone's asking me like how to lose weight or something, I just, just you just have to know that you're worth like so much more than your weight um, and just not to think about it really. Like I, you know, I tend to find like a lot of girls get so hung up on it and they think that that's like exactly what their worth is in the in the world and I'm like you have so much to offer the world and like your weight is not one of those things so 
focus on something else um, because I think if you're asking that question, especially in this sort of a forum, um, it just shows you like how much of an issue that is for you. So focus on something else and then leave the weight and that will sort of come naturally. Yeah. Focus on your health first. And once you're healthy, the weight will naturally, or your body will naturally kind of get to that weight. It's, it's meant to be in, you know, next question is how do I curb chocolate cravings? I crave it every single night. Oh my God. Chocolate craving. I eat chocolate every day. You don't need to curb the chocolate cravings. I think the other question, like, is, is it a sugar craving or a chocolate craving? Because, um, yeah, they don't have to necessarily be the same thing because a good, like, chocolate that's 85 to 90% cacao or even 100% if you can find it, that is totally acceptable to have on a daily basis. Like, they're really low in sugar and they're very rich and satisfying. So I, I have chocolate after, like, almost every single one of my meals so, and I find a really good way to round out the meal and satisfy me. So curbing chocolate cravings, you don't need to curb them. Just switch to the dark chocolate. And if it's sugar cravings, uh, like we were chatting about earlier, like make sure you've got all those good quality fats and fibers um, and that will sort of stop you from needing sugar all the time. Totally. And chocolate's like a massive antioxidant and superfood if you get good quality. So Liv actually is famous for her fudge uh, freezer keto bites and you make so many and I literally drool every time you post a photo of them on your Instagram. What's like a basic recipe that you can kind of tell us, tell the listeners of one of your like chocolate keto fudges or something? Oh my God, I've got so many recipes. I love that you follow my stories. I'm like drowning in keto desserts all the time. I shouldn't say keto, I should say sugar-free. Yeah, sugar-free. Um, and oh my God, they look insane. Like I die. <laughs> yeah, we've actually, I'm, I'm just about to release a, like a sugar-free desserts ebook and all the recipes are all totally keto. So I'm going to have to send that to you when you, um, when I release it. When but are yeah, you releasing it? Huh? When are you releasing it? Probably in like two weeks time. Oh my God. This podcast will probably be out by then. So guys go to Liv's Instagram and see if she's already released it. Cause that's going to be epic. Yeah. We, oh my God. We got Sundays, ice cream sandwiches, like all different types of cookies. Like I wish you lived in Australia that I could send you cookies. But anyway, um, <laughs> I'm going to move there just for that. <laughs> but one of my favorite things to mix together just on like a sort of to serve one is like equal parts cashew butter and coconut oil with little bits of stevia and I just sort of mix that up like after dinner and it's so good and then sometimes I'll drizzle it over some coconut yogurt it's my favorite thing to have oh my god that sounds heavenly but what do you do though like you can't like okay for me personally this is my issue so I made keto or sugar-free fat fudge um like what four days ago and it's in my freezer and I made like a massive batch and it was like a chocolate peanut butter one freaking amazing chocolate peanut butter and pink sea salt um and cacao nibs like don't even it was so good and um, I, I, every time I get one little square, I want to go back and, and have another one. So what, like, why? <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> the first thing to know is that that's totally normal. Like you're a human and we're sort of wired to like want pleasure in that sort of a way. So don't think that you're doing something wrong because you want like an extra little piece of keto treat or whatever it is. It's totally normal. Um, 
But, yeah, that's where I think the issue is with all those, like, fun keto desserts and things that it's very easy to overdo. So, but for that, I really just think it's a mental thing um, and just, you know, and, and I like to eat, like, a good amount. Like, I don't have a tiny, tiny, tiny little bite and say, okay, that's enough. Like, I'll have, like, a good serving and then I'll just make a cup of tea and, um, and then I find that I'm just fine. I don't need to have any more. But I'm also surrounded by food all the time, so... I've had to sort of train myself not to just eat loads of different types of treats. But yeah, it's a bit of it's a bit of a hard one in that regard with having things in the house for sure. Yeah, totally. Okay, so what does a day in the life of Liv look like? Talk me through your day. Let's talk about your morning routine. Let's talk about what you do. Like do you pack your lunch and what you, what do you do at night to kind of unwind? Um, yeah, day in the life. So I mean, in Australia, everyone gets up super early. So I'm up generally at 5.30 or 6 o'clock um, and everyone's exercising. It's so funny. You go down to the beach and everyone's out and about at the earliest time. But that's just, it's nice living here because everyone's so interested in their health. So I'll always exercise in the morning. But it doesn't, it's not always like some hard workout. Sometimes it'll just be a walk on the beach or sometimes a swim on the beach too. I love starting my day with a swim. But I've just kind of ingrained it in myself that as soon as I wake up, I want to move. Um, and if I'm really pushed for time and I don't have time to get out, I'll do like 10 minutes of yoga um, and that's what I like to do in the morning. And I also like to put on music as well. I find it really sort of I, – I find the power of music is quite underrated and I think it really sort of sets up your mood for a good vibe. So start with exercise and I'll come home and um, I'll always shower and get dressed because I work from home so it's really important to just kind of like – still keep that routine going and not just stay in your active or your bikini all day. Um, so I'll get dressed and sort of start my work day and I'll make coffee um, and sort of sip on coffee and green tea throughout the morning. And then I'll sort of, by the time I get hungry, depending on what I ate for dinner, it'll either be like sometimes around 10 or 11 or it might be like till lunchtime at one o'clock. So I'll make um, generally my first meal will always be three eggs, some greens, so either kale or spinach with half an avocado and lots of olive oil and lemon juice and sea salt. That's pretty much a meal that I have every day. Then I'll of course have some chocolate and, or some sort of fat fudge that I've got in the freezer. And then I'll just keep working in the afternoon and, I also now, like, I've made myself, I've got to do, like, more sort of movement uh, towards the end of the day before dinner. So generally that will be a walk on the beach or a swim in the ocean. I find swims in the ocean just to be really therapeutic and it really sets me up for the rest of the night. For some reason in the afternoon I tend to find a little bit stressed or anxious, so that's why I've sort of put in that rule that I've got to do that. And then I'll come home and make dinner or I might head out for dinner with friends depending on the night. Um, but that's really it. I mean, I'm pretty fluid in my lifestyle, which is how I like to live. So I don't have that much that I kind of, is a must every day. I just sort of enjoy, enjoy myself and go with the flow. I love that so much. That sounds like an amazing day. I need to come visit because I've never been to Australia and waking up early and going to the beach. That sounds like heaven, honestly. Yeah, you've got to come visit. No, I am super lucky. I've, you know, because I've lived in places before where it's cold and snowy and gloomy and dark. But I just, I'm just, now I've learned about myself. Like I need to be somewhere sunny and light 
and bubbly, it actually makes quite a difference to my personality. So, yeah. Yeah, totally. In Canada right now, it's so cold and dark and I feel cold and dark. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I do miss the snow though. I love the snow. I love skiing. So, but yeah, I love the beach. Okay, so what's next for Liv? Obviously, you have your ebook coming out. Um, it's probably out by the time this episode has been released. What else is is in the cards for for twenty nineteen? Lots more food, basically. Lots of food. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I really want to get um, more into sort of like the food and recipe side of things, which I'm obviously in a lot. But I think um, certainly as a nutritionist, I want to sort of bring the beauty back of how amazing food is and where it comes from and how fun it is to be in the kitchen. I think for a lot of people, especially in our sort of industry, the kitchen and food became an enemy and it just became this source of stress and overwhelm. But it's such a beautiful thing and I feel I have enjoyed my time in the kitchen so much and I'm really passionate about it. So I want kind of everyone to feel that way and I want to skew the discussion from weight loss and calorie restriction to like the beauty of food basically and kind of look at it in a positive light um, and something that can bring joy and happiness to everyone. So that's sort of my overall mission for the year. So we'll see how I go. That's amazing. Good for you. The world needs more of that. Thanks so much, girl. It's awesome. All right, babe. It was so nice having you on the podcast. And where can everyone find you again? Right. So my Instagram is live in Bondi, L-I-V-I-N. B-O-N-D-I. So Bondi is like our famous beach in Sydney, if people don't know. Um, So that's kind of where I'm most active. And then all my recipes on my website. But that's all sort of linked through my Instagram. And then hopefully, yeah, that ebook will be out. So we'll be eating ice cream sandwiches. (laughs) Keto friendly. (laughs) Yummy.